I love this Easter Vigil service. Our oldest, Gabe, was baptized at the Easter Vigil service back when we lived in Pittsburgh. And we were attending Church of the Redeemer at the time, and that service started at 10.30 p.m. It started outside with a big bonfire, and we went in and read, I think, all the readings. It was after midnight before we left the church on that Easter Vigil night. This service is ancient. It's been around since the 100s. By the time the third century, they moved it to early morning so that the service started in darkness and as the sun rose, right about the time we would be saying hallelujahs, the sun would be streaming in the windows and you would want to blow your candle out by recognition of God's faithfulness in the resurrection. The Episcopal Church brought it into our liturgy in 1979 with that prayer book, but it has been in constant use for, you know, more than 2,000 years, this service of anticipation and celebration of the resurrection of our Lord. And I think the thing that is so desired in this service is to somehow dramatize the dramatic reality of resurrection. I mean, how do you do it? You've got to have fire, I guess, and you've got to have bells, and you've got to have loud music, and you've got to have candles, and we try to recite the whole salvation history. Just so you know, we only read three of the six readings. There's a lot to say about what God has done in Christ's triumph over the grave. And somehow we want to dramatize that so that we can remember the power of the resurrection. And I will confess that I have a fantasy of starting one at five in the morning. I think that would be marvelous to watch the sun come up in the space as the candles are blown out. I'll give you a big heads up, though, if I ever go down that road. <laughs> in the resurrection, God is reordering. In Christ's death, when we die in Christ's death with him, we are given life in him. A reordering is happening. Death no longer has dominion. Kenneth Leach, in his book entitled, We Preach Christ Crucified, refers to words from the Orthodox liturgy of the Easter Vigil, in which hell is made to speak. In that liturgy, hell says, Today doth Hades groaning cry, my might is sacrificed. The shepherd is crucified and Adam raised. Those that I ruled, I have lost. Those I devoured in my power, I have disgorged them all. The crucified has opened the graves, and the power of death has no avail. There's an Eastern uh, Orthodox uh, uh, icon in which Christ is descending into hell. He is holding the cross above him, and then with one arm he is dragging Adam out of the pit. The power of God breaking open death so that it has no dominion. In the Orthodox liturgy, the rite repeats over and over again, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. Over and over and over again, this is recited, till it reach, reaches a frenzy and everyone's shouting it at the top of their lungs. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. The letter to Romans, to the Romans that Paul writes, he attempts to 
give some language to this. Beseeching us, do you not know that in baptism you have been raised to new life? Do you not know who you are in Christ, that being baptized into his death you are now raised to new life? This changes everything, Paul says. And he reminds us that a little bit later in that same letter to the Romans. And you might recognize this when he writes, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is the power of our baptism. We are made new. And he goes on to say, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. So who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God the Father, who indeed intercedes for us. So who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, Paul writes, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have been made new We are raised to new life. We're not the same because Christ defeated death. And so we have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, he continues with this very topic, reminding us of our salvation. He says, we are putting no obstacles in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry, but as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. We've also done it by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and in dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, whether we had good reputations or not. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. Being baptized into the death of Jesus and raised in his new life, we look as if we might have nothing and yet we possess everything. 
That is what we are promised in Jesus' resurrection. God is reordering the world and inviting us to live into that reorder, to live as resurrected people made new by the suffering of Jesus that liberates us all from the suffering that we fear. For there is nothing that can defeat us in Christ. Amen.